What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Room. Welcome to Couch in the Rue, presented by SkyMint Premium Cannabis, inspiring people to be better, look better, feel better, mostly feel better every damn day of their lives. And our Wednesday night show, brought to you by our friends at Front 43 Neighborhood Pub and Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar. If you're looking for a place to watch the game this Saturday when Michigan State's at Illinois and you might want some other games around just in case things don't turn out well or some beer nearby that's nice, cold, lots of options, a great food menu, Front 43 and Cask and Company. That's just north of Frandor on East Saginaw in Lansing, near the East Lansing border. Jason, how you doing, brother? Oh, my God, we won the lottery! What's going on, buddy? Long time no see. Feels like it. How are your thumbs? You were, you were a tweeting MF for the past couple of days. I want to make sure you're, all, you're oh, okay. I'm good. And I'm good. Being confused for me, I can understand how that could be <laughs> severely embarrassing. But, it's, man. It's alarming when people all of a sudden, yeah. I'm never robbing a bank with you, though. Is holy hell. First tweet. By the way, that's not me. That's my co-host, Jason, <laughs> the, a.k.a. The Rube. If you hear the whole story, by the way, here's my column. Retweet, retweet. You were getting into it. See, you like doing that stuff. I could care less about that kind of stuff. Well, that so- stuff makes me uneasy. And I guess I said something that offended a bunch of people, and I don't know. So here's the thing. I'm not apologizing. I have no problem with you offending people. You're entitled to your opinion. And, it but- was not my intention. And and. and- what my issue is not with you offending people. I mean, the, the point of the show is to have our opinions, and if yeah. people disagree with them, they disagree with them. Um, my issue was, you know how I hate quote tweets, and the way it was just the way the uh, well, it was the clip of the show by Scott Bell, which uh, he's a guy that I do know of. I know he's a blogger yeah. or whatever, has a good following, and I woke up from a nap. <laughs> To see that uh, tweeted out, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, did well, I really say something that bad on Sunday? And my only uh, issue, and Scott Bell I could care less about, but my issue is just the, the flaw on Twitter is that when you do something that way, it brings a new audience that doesn't understand you, that doesn't know you, that just thinks that's the way it is. It was a little misleading the way the clip played out. Anyway, I wish not he used a big the deal. Spreaker uh, link so we could get paid for every <laughs> listen. That was my main. That was the only thing I was concerned about. I was rolling through looking at this show's ass. This show's garbage. These guys need to be fired. And I was I was laughing my ass off because I'm like, wow, that's people yeah, I, feel passionate. But see, he's going to tweet that out. And you, if you're a Michigan fan and you're hearing that, I can understand that because if it were the other way around, obviously you got to listen to the whole show. Are you going to listen to a three hour show? No, I don't no. blame you. I have but no, maybe you should listen to the first part. This is and this is why you reply and you don't quote tweet. My biggest you he could have he could have tweeted that somebody was great. He could have tweeted something amazing. Mm-hmm. Don't quote tweet people and bring in a new audience. That's all. That's my issue. I don't care if you're my best. I if my mother quote tweets me. I'm gonna tell it's her. Over. To, I'm gonna tell her to fuck off. Right, that's the thing. I I don't yeah. like the quote tweet that brings in an audience that, that that's uninformed. That's yeah. all it is. Um, no big deal. Uh, I mean, is we, there are there things that I need to clarify from what I said? I I remember saying that I do believe. <laughs> no, that people Mich- also don't realize that you're usually stoned when we do the show. 
Well, you have to be to do this show. I'm not driving a bus. I mean, we're just talking sports and shit. But that didn't have anything to do with my take. No, I had that no. take to begin with, and it's the take was, listen, I, I agreed that those players should be suspended. If Winman was the player that was throwing a helmet, I understand. You it was not sus- Winman. It was not if you want to yeah. suspend these guys for the rest of the year, that's fine for me. It was the way that Michigan reacted, not even the fan base. It was Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel, where Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to accept any of the excuses, or the the apologies, rather, you know, I think Mel Tucker handled it the best way he could. And Jim Harbaugh wanting charges and police, the investigation, it's the way he handled it that turned me off of it. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't condone Michigan State looking for a fight, but if something like that happens, I mean, the way people were reacting is what blew my mind. So a couple things here. One, yeah, there's no question that, and I understand it from the point of being a coach like Jim Harbaugh or an AD and something happens. And you're, but it's you're, an overreaction. But you, well, in the moment, I understand being frustrated. It's the, it's the next day when you've had a chance to cool down, right? And you don't have all the information, maybe yet that you you will have, uh, or maybe you do. Um, but I, I don't think you need Jim Harbaugh pushing the idea of charges. Yeah, pushing that like that'll take care of itself. Um, it, th- let let that play out. You you don't you just don't need that. Nobody's. Glass houses, man. Nobody's perfect. But you know? not accepting the apology? Do you think Mel Tucker really wanted his guys doing something like that? What do you, what do you mean not accepting the apology? He said the apology, you know, an apology is not going to be acceptable well, in this instance is what Harbaugh said he, in his he, press he, he just meant an apology alone won't be acceptable is what he, <laughs> okay, is what what he meant. Okay, what would Jim Harbaugh like then? So we can move past this because the guys are suspended. Michigan State season's ass. Why don't you prepare for Rutgers and let's move on? Because you're making it a bigger deal than what we, you know what I mean, and that's just, I mean, how long are we going to talk about this tunnel gate for? And then Solari doing his play by play of it, it's just like, all right, it was, it was a little skirmish. That's all I see it as. If the player threw his helmet, absolutely get him off the team if you want to. You want to suspend the other guys? I, I just don't think that's indicative of how Michigan State's program is going to be under Mel Tucker. Well, so I, I don't think it's fair to say this is Michigan State's program for for what happened in this situation. And I don't think. We know everything yet in terms of what, because I, I still find it a little hard to believe that that um, a little bit of antagonizing was what led to somebody having their head hit with a helmet swinging at them, which is which is a dangerous thing. Like that is, sure. and and when we uh, we didn't have that second video really initially. The, like my initial column was written about, um, you know, more of the, the what looked like a jumping of you know in the in the in the other room, and that was the stuff that Matt Sharp and his video caught. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where what what all comes out here. I I do think the temperature of the rivalry, though. I think what, what's the best thing that could happen to me to the Michigan Michigan State football rivalry is for Elon Musk to <laughs> screw up Twitter so badly that the uh, that the platform ceases to exist by next October. Are you going to pay eight bucks a month to keep your blue check mark? It, 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 only if. He improves other things. Like if you quote tweet me and other people, like if you react to me or or interact with me, you automatically follow me. I would pay for that service. I won't pay just for my blue check mark. That's ridiculous. I will pay for I will pay for upgrades. Uh, otherwise, um, to to the, so if I reply to one of your things and I don't follow you, then all of a sudden I have to automatically follow. You. Yeah, for seven days you would just automatically follow me. You might not even know it, but you would follow me for seven days. Right. That to me. So you wow. get to know the person you're interacting with instead of being ignorant. That that's my only. That's my big, uh, my big, it's been a long, it's one of my 74 beefs or pet peeves with, with lots of things in this world, including, including the way, uh, the, the way Twitter works. But I do think like we, we have to find a way like the, the rivalry has become exhausting and the reaction to this was only worse. Like 
depending, I mean, there are lots of reasonable people on both sides of the rivalry. People who sure. see there are Michigan State fans who are just appalled by what happened, and, and and rightfully so. And there are Michigan fans who don't think this is representative of everything about Michigan State or its program or its university. And and there's lots of that. And then there's a lot of stuff right now that's that's really tribalistic, that's, that's really venomous, um, that's just ugly. And it's reached. It, it is the escalation is something to a level I have never seen it. And I think there are a few things at play here. One is this was always where we were headed a little bit. I mean, in this look, it, it's it's almost like the worst of our politics is what's been brought out here. It's the same. You're on one side or another. You can't see any reasonable. I you know there are people who just could not be convinced that the other side is not either overdoing it over over you know making a big deal out too much of a big deal out of it or one side isn't just completely the devil and there's nothing in between that can't just be an incident that was really bad by some players who are going to pay a dear price for this and already are mm-hmm. like there are eight guys right now whose careers are on pause and we'll see I think by the time some people listen to this podcast the Big Ten is going to uh, reveal the findings of its investigation which I believe is is really just um, the videos as well, but it will have, it may find the schools similar to the Devin Bush stuff a couple years ago, and it may have some guidelines for what it thinks suspensions, length of suspension should be. And I think you you may see, uh, and, and, you know, we'll see if MSU decides to follow those or, or, or how that, or how that goes. But what's interesting is that all this stuff is based on the videos The the police investigation, from what I understand is what is going to like drive, the actual information beyond the videos. Like, those interviews are going to be critical. But shouldn't um, the police in, like, investigate how they didn't do the, the security properly well, I, as I the think, two teams? No, I think there the- are lots of things. And I think both schools have to look at um, their the way people leave the field, who's in the tunnel, yeah. is it safe for people, like how, how the whole logistical process, both play, everywhere. I mean, if you're, if you're an AD at a school anywhere right now, you're looking at your process and going, okay, let's make sure this can't be us. Let's make sure we don't, you know, th- this, we can do the, I mean, every, obviously something could always happen, but let's put ourselves in a position where this is unlikely to happen and people are unlikely to, if, you know, and, and, and bypassers are like unlikely to get hurt. You don't have like, like there are young people in the tunnel. You don't want like a kid to get in the middle of this or something to go, to go. Um, Did Harbaugh want charges pressed against uh, J- Juwan Howard when he slapped, um, What's you know, announced? but I don't. I don't see the thing that. I mean, he's just a hypocrite, and he's making. There's it no. Deal. There's no doubt. He is. He is. Um, and, and I've never been a Jim Harbaugh fan, but that stems back from the early days of his press conference and just his dismissive nature of people like my time. Like the the media just sitting there, well, and see, he's that's just, why I like him. I he's like just him like then. catatonic and just dismissive, and like fuck you, man. Like I'm an adult too. Like I'm here. Like you're. You're just. You're you're you know you're a former NFL player made as a coach. You're a good I'm a coach. man. I'm 40. Well, yeah, I wanted to say a glorified gym teacher, but but he he didn't make it as a football player first. So, but just don't act like you're better than anybody. I hate I hate that football. Just, and it's not I, just him. It's not just him. It's a lot of big time coaches have this like I I am I am bigger than you. I am better than you. Sort of in, um, superior. Uh, and it's just deal. as it went away, and then a Graham test a tweet again at some other person with three followers. That's like you know. Anyway, by the way, here's my article. If you want to read that, and Jason. By the way, here's his name and here's his account. Yeah, yeah. this is who it is, and I understand. You know, but we so sound that's, the same. That's but, the, but that's the fr- the frustrating part for me is that I mean, I had just written that column, and yeah. so and none of those people uh, see that at all because that again, well, that's it's a tw- behind a paywall. But. but not even that; they don't even know it exists because that's the way Twitter works. That's their only invitation to you. 
is to come through somebody else. But how else. many people That's did you think when you posted your the link to your column that would all of a sudden sign up for the LSJ? A lot did. And let me tell you, okay. I mean, because I see the numbers, a lot did. Like, that was a very, I mean, a lot of people read it who were already subscribers, but it drove a ton of new subscriptions. Like, in, people kept saying, why is it behind a paywall? Uh, that's why. Because in terms of the business of the business, that's, that's well, the strategic move. Well, it's $2 for nine years. It just takes right. a little time to it's put not, your card information in. Not. So, I mean, I guess I would have done it, too, but, if it was the Ann Arbor News or whatever. They're but doing. in 2031, when it, it's like $46 <laughs> a month, we, 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 we got your ass then. We got you. We got you for good. So, yeah. I, but, you, I mean, do you think they should really take a break from the, from the rivalry, though? Are we, here, are we really there? Here, here's what I would say. I felt that way for a little bit until I asked Xavier Henderson about that, about if, if all this fuss is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he basically said it is. Like, on the field, for these guys, it is a lot of fun. Like he, and that, that really changed my opinion of it a little bit. First of all, realistically, they were not going to take a break because there is too much money involved. Oh, yeah. It is by far the biggest, um, you know, for Michigan State home weekend gate-wise. The TV partners don't want – I mean, it, they're not going to take a break. I did think, though, that it, <laughs> if it had been a year later and you had the, the schedule uh, being redone as the divisions were going away and there was a, an opportunity for a pause, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have hated it. I wouldn't have hated it because I'm <laughs> sick of it, and I think we would appreciate it if it was gone for a couple years. I do think if it went away for two years – and came back, it'd be like, oh, this is great. We we, we missed this. Because, like, the basketball rivalry yeah. is a lot more pleasant. I think part of what's happened is, fo- obviously, football is what, what drives the Michigan fan base. And for Michigan State, how they fare against Michigan drives them. But I think what's ultimately happened is Michigan State has gotten a lot better over the years. And, all of, and has become a, a reasonable threat to Michigan in that rivalry instead of just being – you know, once every five years, once every four years, an annoyance. And I think what's happened, so I think Michigan is reacting to that. So you see their fan base is engaged, and th- their program is engaged now. This w- this is the product of Michigan State winning a lot. And then Michigan State winning a lot, Michigan State can't go back. They've had a taste of having some level of control of the rivalry a little bit and having some success in it. There's no going back the other way, so they can't stand not being at that level. And, and when they're not, so, uh, you know, I think part of that is the rivalry has changed in terms of the competitiveness of it, which has t- changed the fan dynamic, which has led to some of the ugliness. And then you just have two sides that, and, and this is, again, this is not everybody. You, you, you talk to lots of people who tailgate together. They live in divided houses. They work together. Lots of reasonable folks. House divided. But social media, and social media is just um, just a small part of life, but it's also a large way we interact now. And it can be... It, it, it's something that the players see. It's something that feeds into the overall culture of something. And and I think the culture of the rivalry right now is toxic. I think it's awful. I, I don't enjoy it. I think this was an exhausting year for it. And now you've got eight players for Michigan State. I mean, I think Michigan State, though, has done um, in the aftermath about as well as they could to this point um, because they've been, you know, swift in the suspensions. When new video came out, that four more players, uh, you know, including you know, including Jacoby Winman, um, and so they're going to go into uh, Illinois without three starters and eight guys, and um, 
when they need all the guys they can get. Yeah, but the, one of the advantages of being a, 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 a shitty team is that you know you lose you lose some guys, you don't lose them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a, that's a bad joke. Um, but no, they lose some good players. And they lose some guys who started to play well. And, and look, and for these guys, you get twelve of these games a year. This is a big deal. Missing games. Mm-hmm. These are their careers. These are their lives. These are, and so they, they are. There is absolute. Uh, but this is what had to happen. This is the accountability that had to absolutely happen. And it did. So that's why next year, is it really going to raise another level? I think that I don't I think as Michigan State fans and Michigan fans, the rational ones, not that far apart. I just decided I didn't really think it was that big of a deal that they were making it out to be. I understand a guy got hit, but they, they suspended those guys. And how long do we have to do this? Are we really going to do an investigation and these kids are going to have to face charges? It's just wild to me. That's yeah, yeah, no, and, and, I, and I do think that, like, what Harbaugh and Ward Manuel said, like, I do think you should, you should wait till you have as much information as you can have Absolutely. before you really speak, and they, they went a little uh, ahead of things. But and that's what bothered me. Th- th- and that's fine. I can um, understand being heated, but you definitely want to wait until the facts, I guess, come out. Right, and, but Michigan State press needs to take care of its own house here, and they, and they have, and, and largely, and, and um, you know, if there's more information about uh, – you know, I'll, I'll be very curious to see how this evolves as the investigation evolves. I don't think, you know, the lo- the idea of a lawsuit, like I, like I can't imagine a lawsuit. First of all, the lawsuit is going to be against Michigan State if there's one, because like with the Larry Nassar case, um, when MSU Gymnastics and Larry Nassar and Michigan State were like three, the three parties involved, people went after MSU, and I'm not saying that wasn't for good reason, but what I'm saying is MSU has the money. MSU Gymnastics was broke. Larry Nassar doesn't have any money. MSU is where the, the, the lawsuit goes, and that will be the case here. The, the thing here will be, like, MSU's own culpability. A, it's on Michigan's property. It's in a, it's in a tunnel that's had some issues before. You know, you, you want to sue those individual players where they don't have any money. Like, I, I don't know that this sticks, like, going after MSU. Given and, and I'm very curious, again, as interviews are done, what really comes out in terms of the initial spark of things, and I think I, I, you know, we'll see where that goes. I don't want to get ahead of anything, and I, and it certainly does not justify what any of the Michigan State players did. Um, so, but I want to, I want to see what 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 comes of that because it just, I still find it difficult to believe that a little bit of jawing led a player to just start bashing another guy's head in with a helmet. And if that's what it was, then holy crap! I mean, e- either way, you don't do that. That can't be your reaction to anything. Mm-hmm to anything it's one thing if somebody punches you punch him back like using a helmet is a little is a, is a level that is you know that that is a weapon but like miles My, garrett with mason rudolph what was that monday night football where he took off his helmet and swung it at him and it's like yes oh my god but he paid his price and we moved on it doesn't have to just linger throughout the next five years i don't and, and I, I, don't know. I, I don't i don't think it will and i do think that people will look at this all of us and I, I think there are a lot of people, I, I've talked to people, I've seen people on social media who are a little alarmed by the escalation of the toxic, toxicity. And I think there will be uh, an emphasis a year from now to, look, it'll still be heated. You're not going to have it before a bye week next year, which I never think it should be again. Night games are going to happen with the TV deal, but it shouldn't be before a bye because it just is even more of a buildup. And I do think there'll be an effort by people that just tamp it down just a little bit. Um, I want to talk to. We got a couple, couple other good things coming on tonight. Um, Jeremy Werner is going to come on and talk uh, uh, Illinois football with us a little bit on what's going on with that program, what this week might look like for Michigan State against them, and then we'll pick the games uh, with Harry. Um, but you know, 
before uh, before we do that, I want to talk some MSU hoops after oh, gosh, na- after last night's uh, exhibition game against Grand Valley State. Uh, and before I do that, if you are looking for an MSU hoops centric podcast, the Final Four is not on the schedule. It's a really good one to to, to go for. Uh, it is a dedicated Michigan State basketball podcast. The show strives to provide detailed pregame analytics, postgame analysis, recruiting news, and notable interviews, including me. I was on a couple days ago. Um, <laughs> aimed at the casual and serious Spartans hoops fan. I'm telling you, it's a good listen. I've been on it a couple times. Uh, I've listened to it many more times. It is a uh, Rod and Eric provide objective contact without hysterics and hyperbole, uh, but from the vantage point of two lifelong Spartan fans. Uh, the the final four is not on the schedule is available at every podcast player and Spotify, uh, not behind a paywall. Uh, it's not like my columns, and uh, you can subscribe today. Um, and go to uh, for more information. Go to tffinots dot com. Tffinots dot com. I know it's not the easiest website. Rolls right off the tongue. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> they always joke about that. Uh, they've got a contest right now. Uh, to, uh, if you predict the final standings of the Big Ten, uh, you can win a free T-shirt and an opportunity to appear on the show after the season. That's the final four is not on the schedule. Okay, little MSU basketball here. Last night's game, uh, first half, disaster. Second half, looked a little bit better. Um, a lot of people didn't see it because it was on the Big Ten Plus, Network Plus, which I'm guessing means you didn't see it. Hell right? no. I'm not right. paying nine ninety nine for that product. That's what I figured. No, it's a shit product, too. Right. Um, it, yeah, it's just not well done. I just followed along with you guys on Twitter. Yeah, well, I always feel bad about that in those games because I don't tweet much in the second half because I'm doing the uh, Well, we the don't need picks. you. You can sit it, sit it out because Thank everybody you. else has it covered, I think. Solari, Sharves. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought there were a few notable takeaways. One, it is clear to me that Mati Sissoko has improved. I don't know to what degree. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah, it, but and I think that's important. Like, if Mati Sissoko was last year's Mati Sissoko – Michigan State's in really big trouble. He is not that player. Now, we won't know until they face Kentucky and Gonzaga and those guys exactly what he is and how much he can hang in there. I don't think he – I mean, I, I think he's okay defensively. I think he, he's got some uh, – I don't think he has amazing instincts. Like, you know, he's not, not a natural shot blocker in the way like a Jaron Jackson was who just, you know, just f- could could feel it and, and – and, um, but he's he's better with the ball in his hands. He's less, you know, he doesn't have that Gavin Schilling in him anymore where it's got the brick hands. Um, he scored a couple baskets, not all right at the rim either. Uh, I mean, and he was playing against a D1 transfer guy who's a pretty good player for, for Grand Valley, their best player. I thought Jackson Kohler off the bench in the second half, he, you know, he looked a little out of it. He, he talked about the, sort of the nerves and being so anxious going in and so fired up that he, I think he had a rough first half. Started to feed off the fans. Had a couple nice moves, a couple nice buckets. I think I think he hung in there okay defensively against an interesting matchup. It'll be interesting when when he faces longer guys how that impacts him. It's very clear those two guys are going to be the, the fives along with perhaps Joey Hauser. And I am curious to see because Izzo basically went with Hall and Hauser at the four or playing together at the three and four. I'm curious how long he stays away from Joey Hauser at the five. I still think that's likely their closing lineup in a lot of games. I think it's their best offensive lineup, especially once Jay Nakins is back. Because you just start to look at who are their best five. And I don't think any of their their true fives, their true centers, are part of that group still. Um, I thought the other freshman, Trey Holloman, looks like a guy who can be out there and not hurt you. Looks like he knows what he's supposed to do. He 
he's got a little bit of Jaden Akins in him in the sense that he doesn't take dumb shots. I mean, he had I, I don't even know if he had a shot attempt yesterday, but he had uh, you know three um, three assists, three rebounds, had a steal uh, that led to a nice play. Like he just he's out there. He didn't hurt you. He looks like he belongs, and I think that's a really important role piece on a team that doesn't have great depth. And so um, there were there were good things I thought to, to to take away from it in the second half. Uh, I think you saw A.J. Hogard hit a couple threes. Like, is that shot going to be real? And I had a conversation with him the other day uh, about that. Like, how, what percentage does he need to shoot for people to really respect him and to change how people have to defend him over time? And he thought it was like 33 to 35%. If he did that from three, he thought that would make a huge difference for him. And by the time they get to Big Ten play, that people will play him differently. So that's a positive sign for them. So a lot of a lot of different um uh, a lot of different uh different things that were uh I thought interesting, a little concerning the first half. Like this is a team that is not necessarily automatically great defensively. I think with Jay Nakins they can be pretty good, especially out front in the backcourt defensively. But if they don't like if they are not the more intense, uh more gritty team on a given night they're going to be in trouble. Like they could get run off the court in some of these games. So they're they're going to have to be one of those teams that absolutely brings it uh, every single night. And I think you saw that in the first half against. Before Fran we Bell. go to break, would you do a like uh, exhibition boxing match for Scott Bell for like a charity thing? No, I wouldn't. I don't want. No, to. I mean, I don't think we're in the same weight class. <laughs> I, I I don't know what he looks like. I'm I like thought... I'm like Butterbean out there. You know, I just be. <laughs> Probably eat, for charity, you know. I'd probably eat a ham sandwich in the between the second and third rounds, you know. Yeah, naturally, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really a, a fighter. I do think that I would have. I've been thinking about this with the uh, the tunnel incident. Mm-hmm. I know I would not have pulled out my camera if I'd been down there already. Oh yeah. And I do think I'm not quick enough. Well, that wouldn't be my instinct. I know that. Now nobody knows how they'd react in this, and I've talked to a lot of different people, and I, I don't think even at people at MSU are blaming anybody anywhere for not because I think. The police and security, you can say, should have done more. But some other people who are there, you can say you know how you react. But if you're not trained for it, if you're not – and something like that happens in front of you, you don't know. I'd like to think I would try to, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> like, oh, you're going to jump in the mix? I'm not saying jump in the mix, but I would like pull a shoulder back and go, hey, hey, you know, because – here it, comes the helmet, right towards yeah, Graham's maybe, head. Maybe I'd be part of the story then. I'd be just battered and beaten up, and you know, it uh, would have made it a lot more fun. It would have sure. made it a more interesting story, better, better firsthand column. You know, that's and, why uh, I laugh at Solari. But I would have been the same way. I would have been fumbling with my phone. I would. I had, would not have pulled. I would out my had Pornhub on there by accident. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a disaster. Everybody sees that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got the phone. Oh yeah, that is that is absolutely uh, that is truly uh, truly fantastic. Uh, by the way, if if you're like one of the great things about Cask and Company in Front Forty Three, by the way, unbelievable date night spot while watching sports. Like Cask and Company has TVs all over the place, but they don't intrude on the night. Like it's a nice, uh, you know, Front Forty Three is more of the the pub vibe, Cask and Company more restaurant vibe, but unbelievable TV setup as well. And so you can have your spouse sitting across from you, TV over the shoulder, unbelievable menu. Uh, it's a great way if you're going out on a Saturday night or you want to catch the World Series, whatever it might be. Uh, to 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 do kind of a two for one, great menu, uh, great specials, uh, tons of beers and and uh, on tap and great drink selection. Go to caskingcompany.com to check that out. All right, we are going to uh, take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk with Jeremy Werner about Illinois football, and then later on, 
Uh, we'll pick the games with Harry. Couch in the Rue, presented by SkyMint Premium Cannabis and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub and Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi? Sip on handcrafted cocktails or one of 46 beers on tap. Take your game day or date night to Casket Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Casket Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Ever wondered just how comfortable you can be? Find out with Muskox High Quality Flannels. Muskox is a Detroit-based company that creates durable comfort that'll last a lifetime. Muskox flannels are thoughtfully designed with 100% cotton that is ethically sourced and double-brushed for softness. This will be the softest flannel you'll ever buy, guaranteed. For every $100 purchase, Muskox will donate $10 to the Alaska Wildlife Conservation Center. Get comfortable this fall and winter with Muskox flannels. Learn more or order yours today at GoMuskOx.com. Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play. Get your Vegas on right now from your phone, tablet, or laptop. All the hottest slots and tables, plus sports betting featuring in-game wagering. Download the app at FirekeepersCasino.com. Go with the name you know, Firekeepers. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Wherever you are on your cannabis journey, let Sky Mint Premium Cannabis be your guide, your friend, and your place. Whether you're curious about cannabis or a seasoned connoisseur, Sky Mint's knowledgeable staff will help you with a vast selection of products to choose from to fit your needs. SkyMint believes access to the best cannabis helps people do good and feel good. So they grow it right here in Michigan, giving you high-quality, locally grown cannabis at highly accessible prices. Visit SkyMint.com for special offers and location information throughout Michigan and use the promo code COUCHANROOB20 for 20% off your first visit. SkyMint Cannabis, you'll love this place. Find Couch in the Room podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the Room's favorite podcast addict. It is time now for our interview of the week presented by Hopcat, the best damn beer bar, world famous Cosmic Fries. Mouth-watering, award-winning burgers, including the Peyton Thorn Burger. Two smash patties with American cheese, bacon, and a sunny-side-up egg served on a pretzel bun with those cosmic fries. No matter how Peyton Thorn is playing, outstanding burger choice. And again, my favorite thing about Hopcat is that each location has carefully curated craft beer featuring local partners. So every Hopcat, whether you're in Kalamazoo or Grand Rapids, East Lansing, Detroit, wherever, feels like a local brewery and a local brew pub. Um... Tons of TVs to watch the game and grab a pint with friends. And for our Hopcat interview of the week, Jeremy Werner, publisher of the Illini Inquirer and host of the Illini Inquirer podcast, uh, longtime uh, friend of myself and myself. What the fuck is that? I can't. <laughs> Jeremy, welcome, man. How you doing? What's up, Graham? Yeah, go back to the. Uh... You were at Western Michigan. I was covering Northern Illinois. Jerry Kill and Bill Cubitt back in the day, man. Way back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's, let, all right, let's do 10 minutes on Mac football here and see if we can lose the audience. Um, uh, so uh, Illinois is going through a um, – it's one of those magical seasons. Michigan State went through it a year ago. And I'm 
it's been a while for Illinois and for Illinois fans. Can you kind of describe the vibe down there and the excitement? It's kind of a, is this real life? Um, <laughs> that's kind of how I would describe it right now because, you know, Brett Bielema has brought competency back. He showed that last year. Uh, Illinois, you know, went on the road after a rough start. They were 2-5, and five, beat Penn State in that nine overtime. I guess you could call it thriller, even though there weren't many points scored. Um, and then, you know, they followed up two weeks later with a win at, at Minnesota, who was leading the Big Ten West and ranked at the time. Uh, and then they crushed Northwestern, which Pat Fitzgerald has absolutely owned uh, Illinois. And that was the first time they'd, they'd won. So there was a competency because they, they ran the football really well and they played great defense uh, during the back half of the season. Uh, and you thought that could that could go over again this year, even though they had some guys to replace. But um, the biggest move that, that Brett Bielma, and, and even though the defense and Chase Brown are clearly the key stories of the season, the, the biggest story of how they've improved is they have a competent passing attack now. Brett Bielma fired his offensive coordinator, Tony Peterson, after one year, kind of ran this outdated uh, pro-style offense uh, that wasn't working. Uh, and he brings in Barry Loney Jr., who he had from Arkansas. Um, and, and they've just he, – he's added some spread elements to a, you know, pro-style type of offense. They're still big and physical up front. They love to run the football, but they, they, they run screen passes. They run shovel passes. They, uh, you know, run some zone read and RPO. So uh, just, just modernizing that offense and getting a different play callers has boosted this team. But that, that's all to say uh, no one thought they would be this good because they had some question marks, and it seems like – kind of like maybe Michigan State last year, every best-case scenario you could have uh, is happening for this team. They haven't had a lot of injuries. Tommy DeVito has been far better than anyone expected. Uh, Chase Brown's taken his game to another level. Uh, the defenders who were good last year are great this year. Uh, and, and then some of the guys who were kind of question marks, like 60-year guys who had to be starters, uh, you were hoping they could just be serviceable. Some of those guys have actually been kind of good. So, um, yeah, Illinois fans are, are back into football. Usually, um, you know, around here, everyone's pining for basketball by the time the calendar flips to October uh, and get us to some media days and get us to some uh, exhibition games. This year kind of snuck up on us because they got meaningful football games in November. Like, really, really, Big Ten championship, um, college football playoff uh, game, like, significant games kind of coming up here. So uh, it's definitely been a change of pace, but definitely a welcome one. Yeah, no, I I am fascinated to see where this team goes because obviously the Illinois, or the Indiana loss early, which I am guarantee is probably a game they, they greatly regret um, letting, that, letting that happen. But since then, and really to me, the pounding of Wisconsin, beating Iowa, which is Iowa's a, a, a team that's defense is legit, Beating Minnesota soundly, I thought. I mean, they, they controlled that game. And then what they did last week in Nebraska, like, it's not just, like, they're not just winning, like, fluke games and they're just a little bit better than people. Right. Like, they look like a really good team. Do you have a sense how good they are? Like, my, my, I guess my question is almost from a Michigan State standpoint. Can a team like MSU, and, and granted, MSU's going to be down eight guys this week and three starters, and, right. but can a team like Michigan State, come in and, and, and win that game like right at this point or is Illinois uh truly soundly uh, uh, uh you know a, a step ahead yeah I think it's a legitimate question Graham because it's, it's Illinois right they're seven yeah. one is, is this fluky right but I agree with you this isn't like Illinois 2019 the the team who won that crazy game in East Lansing um one of the best comebacks I've ever seen but it was a little fluky a bunch of interceptions Michigan State played terribly Illinois made some plays and 
they found a way to win that game somehow. But that whole back half of the season was was full of turnovers, some good breaks that kind of went their way. Uh, when they weren't playing all that great of football, this team is dominating, as you said. Uh, a weaker schedule, that is for sure. But Michigan State's part of that weaker schedule now. Like Illinois just played Nebraska, who's got similarities to Michigan State. A, a good passing offense, but a bad rushing attack and kind of bad in the trenches. Uh, Minnesota was you know, one of the top defenses in the country, and Illinois ran the ball up and down the field against them. Uh, Iowa, as you said, Illinois was out without its starting quarterback, and that's an elite defense, I still believe. Uh, no, they can't score, but Illinois found a way to win that game despite losing the turnover battle because they dominated the trenches against Iowa. And that Wisconsin win, I still think, is going to hold up as a really good win. That was the the moment I thought this team could be great. You know, they, they go up to Wisconsin, and, and they beat Wisconsin at their own game, in the trenches, running the football, uh, efficient passing offense, dominant defense. And, and to answer your question, Graham, I, I think the number for this game seems big, but what I've seen against Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, I don't see how Michigan State, especially on a windy and wet day, how they score against this defense, how they stop Chase Brown uh, and behind a good offensive line and a quarterback who just makes really good decisions. So I think this Illinois team is legit good. Are they legit great? I don't know. We'll find out in Ann Arbor in a couple weeks, right? But uh, against the rest of this Big Ten, like I think Illinois and Penn State are in the same tier. I think it'd be a fantastic game between the two. I don't think Illinois could beat Ohio State. I think they can compete maybe with Michigan, but I think any other team in the Big Ten, like I think Illinois on a neutral field against Penn State, I might favor them a little bit because I, I think their, their quarterback um, might be a little bit more consistent. They have a star running back, and I just think their defense might actually be more talented than Penn State, and that's weird for me to say, but it's just kind of shown over the last couple months here. Right? Yeah, I think they might be better in the trenches. I love that Illinois and Michigan yeah. are playing on November 19th. Like To me, this is, for Michigan, this is a little bit of karma for their non-conference schedule. Like Illinois wasn't <laughs> supposed to be the team you worried about the week before the Ohio State game. Instead, their second most difficult game uh, is right then, and that will be, I mean, that's that's a fascinating um, I. That's going to be a fascinating game. I am curious because I think, in some ways, the styles are there are some similarities in certain ways in terms of how they want to win and, and where their strengths are, um, and 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 all that. What so? I'm guessing like the fan base down there. I'm always trying to figure out like in Michigan State whether it's yeah. a football fan base or basketball first fan base is debated constantly. I drive that debate. I try to push it one way sometimes because I feel. It's different than sometimes some of the fans feel. What is Illinois when Illinois football is cooking? When it's cooking, it's a good question. I don't know, Graham, because they haven't cooked since I've covered the team. <laughs> uh, now, when I was in school, I went to the University of Illinois. Uh, and when, when I was in school, they went to the Rose Bowl game. And the next year, they sold out Memorial Stadium basically every game. So the fan base is there. I think it's better than – I know you've made this on my podcast. It's not Indiana. I think Indiana is 99%, right, or maybe 100% basketball. Uh, I would say it's 80 85 90% basketball. But when Illinois football is good, just like when Illinois baseball is good randomly sometimes, Illinois volleyball is really good, like this fan base shows up for that stuff. They just haven't had a football team to root for. In the 80s when Mike White had this thing humming and you had uh, great quarterbacks like Jack Trudeau, Tony Easton, Jeff George, uh, and they were competing for Big Ten championships, went to a Rose Bowl in 83. They were having 70,000 
um, at Memorial Stadium. So, but it's been such a bad two decades outside of a Sugar Bowl in 2001, a Rose Bowl in 2007, and two bowl games over the last you know a couple of years. There's a generation of Illinois fans that really don't think about football. Um, so I think that getting them excited, the students have really been behind Brett Bielma since he came up. Like the student section used to go viral because it was so empty. It's been full the last two years, and now the rest of the Illini fans are, are starting to buy in. So uh, I don't think it's Indiana. I don't think it's obviously Michigan or, or Ohio State where it's football and they don't care about their good basketball teams. But I, I do think if they have year after year of winning, you'll kind of see more of a Michigan State kind of fan base. I think you you kind of see that sometimes. Um, you know, Wisconsin fans show up for both. Iowa fans show up for both. I know football is more important, but I do think Illinois and Michigan State could have some similarities if Illinois – had the success of what Michigan State had under D'Antonio. Is it a uh, – like at Michigan State, and, and none of us saw it to the degree, but everybody knew last year without Kenneth Walker that's probably a 500 team, right? And mm. I, I don't think, you know, we, we saw the dip to the degree it's been. And in and, and hindsight, you can see why some of it's happened. When you look at the roster makeup, where the guys have come from, the classes they're in, is this a hell of a year or is this a sustainable beginning? Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating question to watch next year. I, I do think what they do is repeatable because we've seen Bielma do it. We've seen Wisconsin do it even after Bielma. Um, they have to replace a lot because when you're good, as Michigan State fans know, you're going to lose guys early. Uh, but Tommy DeVito has been the best quarterback they've had since Nathan Shaw. That was 10 years ago, right? Like They need to find another guy because he's got one year. Uh, Chase Brown's going to the NFL and – well, they have some good running backs behind him. Josh McCray, they got some guys who are like top 800 prospects who have a mix of good skills. That's going to be more of a committee. They're not going to have one guy. Uh, they will have a strong wide receiver core next year. And while they have to replace some offensive linemen, like Bielma just does that well. Uh, and they have a great sell both in the Juco market and transfer portal. They have a lot of DBs going pro, and their secondary guys might be the best secondary Michigan State um, sees all season. I don't say that lightly, but like Devin Witherspoon is, is probably a day two pick, if not a day one pick. Um, Sydney Brown, Quan Martin, love chance at the NFL. Um, Kendall Smith is, is having a breakout season. So they have some young guys they like, but they're young next year. Uh, what they're going to have to replace the most is quarterback and defensive line. Johnny Newton is a star. Uh, he's a great recruit foot from Maryland was underrated as a recruit, should have been a four-star. Keith Randolph has a chance to go pro. I think he might come back, but those are the guys who are going to be really hard to replace. But that's going to be a fascinating question. Um, next year, are we talking about you know a team that's going through what Mel Tucker is going through now? Because just like Mel Tucker, Brett Bielma inherited some talent in the upperclassmen ranks, and the COVID extra season certainly helped him. But Lovey Smith's 2019-2020 uh, and 2021 classes were not very good. Uh, so that's, that's where it comes out. But it's going to depend a lot on what they do in the transfer portal, the JUCO market. But this staff has developed talent really well, uh, and I think they've identified their needs really well. So I think next year, Graham, could be a bold game. Like I, I don't, Especially you got another year to West. I think they can make a bowl game, and I think that would be huge for them if they can follow up what might be a 10-win season with another bowl appearance, maybe compete at the top of the Big Ten West, and then maybe you can get it rolling from there. What What's your pick for this game? What do you think the score is? Well, I'm looking at the forecast. It's supposed to be thunderstorms, uh, oh, good. Gusts, of, gusts of wind of 30 
miles per hour. Nothing like a four-hour delay. Misery for everybody, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just hoping there's no lightning. Uh, but I'm sure Brett Bielma wouldn't mind if it were wet and windy because I think that plays into, into their game a little bit. I, I just struggle to see Michigan State, who can't run the ball uh, right now during Big Ten play, going up against the number one rushing defense in the Big Ten. Um, and then you play into the hands of a secondary that's aggressive, um, a, a front that really blitzes really well. I struggle to see Michigan State scoring more than two touchdowns uh, in this game. And then can they stop Chase Brown in the, in the rushing attack? They haven't been able to do that in Big Ten play. So uh, it's weird. Uh, I didn't expect I didn't expect this to be a game Illinois uh, would be favored in or, or be very favored in, but I agree with that. Like I, I can see a 21-7 kind of performance here, 21-10, something like that. Like I just think it's going to be – a lot like Nebraska, I think Illinois was business-like. That score doesn't pop out to you, but it was just a dominant victory. Illinois is unbelievable at controlling the clock. They've dominated second halves. They've only allowed 17 points in the second half this year. And part of that is they're just able to wind down the clock offensively. So they played really good complimentary football. I, I just don't think that plays in the hands of Michigan State. And you know, I, I don't want to put too much into saying, hey, they're distracted because of all of this. But Illinois seems so locked in right now. And then when you add in the fact of what Michigan State's going through, the suspensions, and just how Illinois is, is playing. They're the better football team right now. So I can see this being competitive if Michigan State you know, gets some big chunks with its wide receivers because they're very good. Um, but they're going to have to make those. No one's going to have to turn the ball over like it did against Indiana, I think, for, for Illinois to lose. Jeremy, very much appreciate the time. Um, and if we get some uh, delays in the press box for Lightning, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit longer. That works for you. So. That'd be great, Grant. Appreciate it, man. Well, I'll see you Saturday. Yep. That is Jeremy Werner um, from the Illini Inquirer and the Illini Inquirer podcast. All right, takeaways from that, Jason. So the weather's going to be bad. Nine, was it 16 and a half? Yeah. Mm. I don't like the line either way. I kind of like Michigan State for some reason. Okay. In bad weather. I, do. I don't know why, but I think that those guys band together and cover. I'm not saying they win the game, but I think they cover the 16 and a half. I do think Michigan State's got some good leadership um, at some key places, like Xavier Henderson, and you did, just listening to him the other day. And and Michigan, they covered the spread against Michigan. The, def- 22. the, 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 the question will be is, how with the guys out, how far does the defense fall? Yeah. And that's what we don't and know. You that, don't know it. That's, that's why it's hard. See it. it's, yeah, it's hard for me to, to uh, tell people. Um, well, if you like the defense last weekend, I mean, without certain m- m- amount of guys, how great could it be, though? I don't know. I, yeah, I, it's, it's all I know is uh, this is definitely a SkyMint weekend for Michigan State fans. Uh, go to SkyMint.com for location information and daily specials. Uh, chances are there is a SkyMint within a few miles of your house or three in the greater Lansing area. And SkyMint delivers to most places. Go to SkyMint.com to see if you are in a community where SkyMint will deliver your cannabis right to your house. Get your edibles, whatever whatever your thing is, and uh, help yourself sleep, uh, relax, or just forget about uh, whatever may happen this weekend on the football field, the Michigan State, the Lions, or whoever your team is. My guess is we have a few Michigan listeners uh, uh, today is is as well. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a really quick break. We come back, we will pick the games with Harry Gagnon, Couch in the Rube, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis and Front Forty Three and Casking Company. 
Wherever you are on your cannabis journey, let Sky Mint Premium Cannabis be your guide, your friend, and your place. Whether you're curious about cannabis or a seasoned connoisseur, Sky Mint's knowledgeable staff will help you with a vast selection of products to choose from to fit your needs. Sky Mint believes access to the best cannabis helps people do good and feel good, so they grow it right here in Michigan, giving you high-quality, locally grown cannabis at highly accessible prices. Visit SkyMint.com for special offers and location information throughout Michigan and use the promo code code couch and Rube 20 for 20 percent off your first visit sky mint cannabis you'll love this place Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play. Get your Vegas on right now from your phone, tablet, or laptop. All the hottest slots and tables, plus sports betting featuring in-game wagering. Go with the name you know, Firekeepers. Get your first casino deposit and sports wager matched up to $500 each. Visit firekeeperscasino.com to download the mobile app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Find our live stream, podcast archives, as well as show, affiliate, and sponsorship information at our website, spotlightmediastudios.com. What are you taking pictures of? Over there? Sorry, I had to do something. Somebody sent me a video I had to reply back to. <laughs> All right. It is time for us to pick the games uh, presented by Firekeepers Casino and Firekeepers Eye Casino and Sportsbook. Uh, and to do that, of course, we have the great Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal, bestbetcorner.com and extrapoints.com. Harry, brother, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Doing great. Sounds terrible. Yeah, I heard he had COVID <laughs> when I just talked to him. I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Uh, it's okay. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Yeah, you don't sound like your usual bubbly self, and that's that's uh, that's disappointing. But uh, maybe uh, maybe we win some games this weekend, and sure. and, and that, that, that 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 helps us uh, helps you get through this. All right. Uh, well, uh, let let let's start with the uh, with the college games. Um, okay. Uh, Michigan minus twenty six at Rutgers, huge number. A Michigan team that's just off an emotional rivalry win, a lot of stuff happening, and they go to a Rutgers team, and Michigan's not, you know, a, a team that's usually going to throw it through the air and do all that. But I do think they are just that much better than Rutgers. I I strangely like them in this game and like this line if it's inside of four touchdowns. I think Michigan – I mean, I, I don't love this line, but I, I like it inside of four touchdowns. Give me the Wolverines. Jason, where are you? Yeah, the Rutgers are a weird team. Just got beat by Minnesota 31 nothing. But back at home, Harry, they beat – Indiana 24-17, it doesn't matter to me. I think Michigan rolls them. It's a little high spread, but I'm taking Michigan. What do you got? I don't know. I, I kind of think with Michigan being like number five now, they're the, they're the outside looking in uh, as we go forward for the uh, top four spots for the playoff. Um, they're going to have to beat Ohio State. That's, that's going to be it because their non-conference schedule was so weak. Uh, I don't think they need to run it up here because uh, – because of that situation, I think they wanted more than anything else. Keep everybody healthy. I'll take Rutgers with a point. I'll take a shot. I love Harry taking Rutgers. Harry with COVID taking Rutgers. That's but where. They, but wouldn't Michigan need to blow them out though if they're not getting respect in the in the ah, polls? So they got a hammer. But, but, but is Michigan? But who's Michigan gonna jump? Really? Are they really gonna jump anybody? Yeah, that but you still need to beat schedule. Well, but they, if you, they, the, the three teams they beat were eight and eighteen combined. All right. I'm just saying, but if you know. want respect, you beat 
Rutgers 50 to, not, 50 to nothing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, maybe Rutgers hangs a little bit. I think it's a uh, – I don't know. What do I – I don't know. Maybe, maybe Michigan kills it. Maybe you're right, Jay, but I'm going to take the 26. What do you know? You know a lot because your life uh, rules. So, I don't know. You do, you're do. you doing it some something right. Harry, all I know is if things go wrong this week, you just blame COVID fog, okay? It's just like, I don't know, brain right. fog. You know, I, get, I, get, I, get, I get nothing. All right, uh, Purdue plus five – or sorry – Iowa plus five at Purdue. I just want Jason to watch this game. No, um, and, <laughs> I and, and look, I, I think I think Iowa is a greatly challenged team, but I think physically they win at the line of scrimmage here, and I think defensively they're really good. And I like I like Iowa plus five. I, I, this is a sick a sickness, I think, but I like Iowa plus five here. Um, I, I don't. I, I think they win at the line of scrimmage. Give me Iowa, Jason. Where are you? Well, this is a, like a double spike game. I want both of both of these teams to lose, so I don't know if I take the under here. But you, like you said, the plus five is too enticing. I think Purdue's ass. So I think Iowa's defense is really good. So give me the points and Iowa's D, but the game still blows. But what do you got here? Yeah, about Iowa too. The defense keeps them in it. Uh, Purdue has been kind of unimpressive this season. I'm going to take the Hawkeyes as well because of the defense. Low scoring game. All right, now we got the good games. Uh, Alabama minus thirteen at LSU. Um, I I find this game interesting. Like I I know Alabama's got the brand. I know you know LSU isn't what they were a couple years ago. But I don't I don't hate LSU in this spot at home. Like I don't I don't know what at home at night. I I night uh, I just mm, I, I'm I'm kind. I know they got run over by by Tennessee a couple weeks ago. I know that I. I I'm telling you right now, I, I think LSU makes this a very uncomfortable game for Alabama, and it's way too many points. I like this quite a bit. I might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Jason, where are you? I think people are a little nervous about what Tennessee did to them at home, 40-13, to 13, but, man, the past two weeks, uh-huh. Harry, I just I think I'm with Graham on this. It's a lot of points. Give me LSU at home. What do you got? Yeah, Death Valley night game. This is what you got Brian Kelly for, right? I'm not sold on Alabama, not sold on their defense. I'm going to take the 13 and Baton Rouge. All right, uh, that's uh, another great game this weekend, probably the the game of the weekend other than the Michigan State-Illinois game where the nation's eyes have turned. Um, but Tennessee plus eight at Georgia. They're just, they're just they're throwing that number eight at you to, to just taunt you like it's more than a touchdown. I'm I'm very nervous about this game in one sense. We saw what Georgia could do locked into a team like Oregon that's been really good since. Georgia has not always been that impressive since. Tennessee has been the most impressive team in college football. I am going to trust that, even though I'm not 100% sure that Georgia just doesn't have more dudes in that program, and if they put their mind to it, they make a point. But give me Tennessee, and, and just I'll, I'll, I'll grin and bear it a little bit. I, I, I like the eight. Jason, where are you? See, when I saw this, I knew when they put that eight number up there, they're trying to sucker people into Tennessee. I think Georgia at home, again, with their defense, Stetson Bennett just going to dink and dunk. And I I just think they beat Tennessee by eight. I still think Tennessee's a great team. But in this situation, Harry, give me the Bulldogs. What do you got? Well, look, I'm I'm taking the points, and I'm also taking uh, Tennessee on the money line. Jay, you know. uh, Oh, yeah, right. uh, I forgot. And against all odds, before the season started, I was high on Tennessee. I was high on Hooker for the Heisman, who's now the favorite. Georgia, you guys remember, lost a lot of players in the uh, last season to this season. Uh, Down a linebacker, too, one of the starting linebackers this week. Hooker to Hyatt is the way to go. Tillman's back to wide receiver wise for Tennessee, who's supposed to be their best wide receiver. They got a great one-two combo running the ball. I think Hooker gets it done here. 
between the hedges in Athens, and I think they win the game straight up, and they continue uh, their march to the possible national championship, as they are now the number one team in the country. I I do think, as much as I am nervous about Tennessee, um, I, I do like them on the on the money line sprinkled too, because they just well, might be that good, right? You almost have to do it. You almost have they to. They might be that good, Graham. They're averaging forty nine points a game, and and I hear what Jason's saying. I get that, but Jay. I do love what I did love last week in the game against Kentucky. Will Levis for the Wildcats is going to be playing on Sundays in the NFL, and Kentucky got totally shut down by the Tennessee defense, which I wasn't sure how great this Tennessee defense is because they didn't really play great against Florida late in the second half when they beat the Gators earlier this year. But shutting down Kentucky like they did, now I feel a little bit more confident about them against Georgia. All right, the the uh, the game of the week nationally uh, everywhere um, is Michigan State uh, plus sixteen and a half at Illinois, and we talked about this a little bit after after we had Jeremy on before. Um, you know, this is a really hard line because again, the weather may not be great. I, I I'm still hard for me to trust Illinois. More and more, I am. They, they're just uh, they're just squeezing the life out of their opponents recently. I think Michigan State is in a rough spot with some suspensions, but I also think that. 16 half's a lot, and, and I think Michigan State's got decent leadership a few places. They've got some guys that can hurt you here and there. I don't think this is a game with a whole lot of possessions. I, I would lean Illinois here, but I, I don't like it uh, Don't like it a ton. It's probably, uh, you know, for people who aren't Michigan State fans, a good teaser with Illinois. If you can bring that down under 10, I think you, you, you'd feel a lot better about it. Uh, Jason, where are you here? I think this team, Michigan State, that is, has some fight in them. And we just talked to uh, Jeremy Werner, who covers Illinois, and he's saying the weather's supposed to be bad, Harry. I I think 16 and a hook is a little too fat for me. Give me the points in Michigan State. Who you got? I'm going to take the Illini guys. They're on pace to be in the Big Ten title game. I don't think they ever have been. Uh, Michigan State fought hard last week against Michigan. Michigan uh, finally pulled it out late. Uh, I don't know if what Michigan State's going to have left in the tank. And I didn't run it by you guys, but do you guys think, uh, like I saw about Illinois, but do you guys think Harbaugh's being a little too bit too hard with the situation with uh, the players and, and oh before they got, you know, you know, you think he's doing a, going a little too far? Harry, you're asking for it here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I do, I, I'm not a fan of, of the entire way he's handled it, for sure. I do yeah, think, like, yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't like the coach calling for charges. Like, let that take its. I mean, Let that, that 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 bothers me. You don't have all the information necessarily when you're doing that. You're, you know, we're not. We're not. Do we need to encourage police to be involved? Police will be involved if they should be involved. Do we need the head coach out there promoting that? I, I don't. I don't dig it. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. I've never been a huge fan of his though. I don't think he's that respectful to people. Um, but I, you know, there are a lot of head coaches that are complete asses, and and so that doesn't disqualify you from being a really good coach. But I am not a fan of. Uh, the way he's handled it. But again, I, I also, you know, there are some people in Michigan state land who think this whole thing's his fault and, and yeah. I don't want to go there either. So like, that's not really, you know, uh, that's, that's, Tough that's, deal. that's, 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 that's the, that's the danger of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's turn to the, uh, to the NFL. Um, Lions, huge game this week, just massive, massive game. Uh, home against the Packers. They win this, they're going to nothing. Um, Packers minus three and a half at the Lions. Packers have been absolute shit. And um, I, at some point you have to trust the Packers aren't that good. 
And so I'm going to take the home dog Lions here and and not feel great about it. But I, I really don't think the Packers are very good. And I think they're still getting more because of their brand and the Lions' propensity to blow this sort of game. Three and a half is just enough for me to take the Lions at home. Jason, where are you? This team is in full tank mode, and Aaron Rodgers is licking his chops, even though he doesn't have any wide receivers. I don't think he needs any, Harry. Give me the Packers minus three and a hook. What do you got? Oh, wow. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I mean, Graham, last week when it was uh, right off the bat, I think it was Detroit, 10 nothing right off the bat, and I was cursing Jason. I'm like, I can't get this. I can't get this Lions team right. He's like, don't worry. It's the first quarter. Don't worry. And he was right. It worked out. Miami covered one and covered this situation, look, I, I, I got to be honest, uh, I'm having a pretty good season, NFL season. I'm like 25 games over 500, but more than that, I just love seeing Aaron Rodgers struggle. I really do. I think the question in this game is, can the Lions, who gave away Hawkinson basically uh, you know, to the to in-division in uh, rival Vikings, which I thought was crazy, uh, can they put two halves together? I don't know if they can put two full halves together, but that hook might be interesting. I'm going to take the Lions with a three and a half. Yeah, Harry's with me there. All right, I love it. I love it. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, and by the way, with the Hawkinson trade, because we didn't, haven't talked about it, the only issue I had, they were he was not in their long term plans. But also, yeah. do you trade him to a divisional? I guess I'm archaic because I know Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell said we're not archaic and we can trade inside our division. Be careful what you wish for, as he's probably going to score two touchdowns a game against us when we play in a division. That was the only problem I had with it. Yeah, no, well, I, I don't. Even, I mean, he's he's having a. I mean, he's he was leading the uh, Lions in receptions and touchdowns. I think. Uh, I don't. I mean, they, they, it's kind of tough that he's not. He wasn't the future plans. I thought he should be. He was having a great season. They got a decent haul for him, and the problem is you you can't pay anybody yet. Like it's too. Was it yeah. a decent haul though? I mean, yeah, they, no, they, second or third rounder. Yeah, I but like the Lions it. had to give up picks too. I know they're conditional, Ooh, yeah, but yeah. it's just. I don't know. I, I, I was I was okay with the haul, and and frankly, you can't pay anybody yet unless it's like Sewell or somebody like that because you're not ready to win. You're not gonna you're not gonna spend a contract on a guy who's gonna be out of his prime by the time you're good. Um, I don't know. That's my my. I take. think I, I think Hawkinson for the Vikings is gonna be a huge, huge, integral part of that team because now it takes a lot of pressure off Cousins, takes tons of pressure off Justin Jefferson to have to do everything on offense. Uh, and on third and five, third and seven, he can look to Hawkinson to get that first down a lot when they're around midfield or the 40-yard line instead of having a punt because you, you're, you're focused on Jefferson so much. Be honest, though. It has something to do with your futures ticket on the Vikings, though. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry, Harry, thrilled. I couldn't have been more thrilled, Jay. Harry and I are both cashing there. All right, Bills minus 12.5 at the Jets. At some point, uh, the, the ride will end. There'll be some week where things go wrong. You could see it being this week. Like I get a, for whatever reason, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Have game. you watched the Jets? I have actually. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm just. A, but in the only uh, the other reason is the Bills have like everybody 47 injuries in the uh, in the in the secondary. Um, that said, and, and this is a big, big, big number. I I don't know. Give me the Jets. I can't. It's too yeah. big. It's too big. It's too big. I Ooh. just can't. I can't quite get myself there. I wouldn't bet this game. I wouldn't bet against the Bills, but give me the Jets. I will. I'm going to spite bet this because the Jets uh, screwed up a couple of my parlays this year, Harry. I like the yeah. Bills a lot. 12 and a hook doesn't scare me whatsoever. I think they run it on the Jets. What do you got? Yeah, it doesn't scare me either. I think Josh Allen probably not thrilled with his performance, especially the second half against Green Bay last week. He's going to want to change that. Uh, I think he plays better. Uh, Zach Wilson's really hurt the Jets right now. The loss of Brees Hall is evident for the Jets after losing last week to the Patriots. I think the Bills roll it up big time this week against the Jets. All right. Well, that, that 
I'm definitely not taking the game, actually. So, all right, Dolphins minus five at the Bears. Uh, the Bears had a horrible week last week after a great week that was kind of fool's gold against the Patriots. Um, but I, I don't trust the Dolphins either. I, I, I actually think uh, give me a home dog here in the Bears. Jason, where are you? Give me the Dolphins minus five. I mean, you still have Tyreek Hill and Waddle. I know Tua has trouble throwing the long ball, but when you have that much speed and the Bears, have they really showed you that much to where, I mean, only five points? Maybe it's a sucker bet, but I, I got to say, Harry, give me the Dol- the Dolphins minus five. What do you got? Yeah, how about the Dolphins too, but more than other guys, I really like the over 45 and a half here because look, we saw Chicago trade and possibly the best defensive player in the league in Roquan Smith led the NFL in tackles. That's going to hurt them defensively. Fields has been much better in the last two weeks. You guys mentioned against the Pats and Cowboys, five total touchdowns uh, and almost 150 yards rushing. That rushing keeps drives alive for the Bears. Uh, so gonna, I think the Bears are going to score a couple of weeks in a row. They've scored some nice points. 29, like you guys mentioned last week against Dallas and on the Miami side to a uh, five and zero as a starter, three hundred eighty-two yards last year, last week. Hill and Waddle, best one-two punch at wide receiver in the NFL. Seventeen hundred yards for these two, seven touchdowns so far this season. Traded away uh, Edmonds to Denver. I think that's going to help the. Uh, it's going to make Miami want to pass even more. Going to go with the over forty-five and just taking the better team here. Dolphins and Tua, like I said, who five and zero to cover the five points. All right, last game we're going to pick here: uh, Titans plus uh, twelve and a half at the Chiefs, and. You know, I, 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 I just at the Chiefs at home. I'm going to take the Chiefs for our purposes. I would say this though, this game in particular, I would advise live betting it because number one, you don't know if Tannehill is going to play, and with the Titans and the Chiefs, like the Titans are a physical team that can run limit possessions, and sometimes they're in. They might be the third best team in the AFC, and so I think it's one of those games that we'll know right away. Like, is this Titans team in it for the long haul? Like, is this going to be a game or not? Like, I, I give it like two drives. And then live bet it, and I think you might still find a number you like, and you'll you'll have a good feel for the game. I don't know, but Chiefs for Chiefs for our purposes. Jason, where are you? I don't know because I know that they haven't played the caliber of teams, Harry, but they've been grinding out these games and keeping games close. Yeah. I just think yeah. twelve and a hook, and you got guys, you got a guy like Derrick Henry. If Tannehill plays, I love this. Malik Willis plays with Derrick Henry. I just think that they're going to grind it out and cover that twelve and a half. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, you know what? I'm taking the 12 and a half, too. After two losses to start the season, the Titans uh, have won five in a row. Uh, Their defense uh, has allowed 17 or less in four straight games. You mentioned Henry. He's a beast. He's a machine. Kansas City, just 23rd in points allowed, 26th in yards against this season. The last two meetings against these two, Tennessee has won both games against Kansas City straight up. And in their last six against Kansas City, they are 5-1 and one straight up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not taking that beforehand. I, and I, I don't like Babel. I like Brable in this spot. You guys remember yeah. a couple of years ago, uh, like three, four years ago, they won the Titans in Arrowhead in the playoffs too. So yeah. Brable's not afraid of this team. No, no, I don't, yeah, the Titans are a team to respect for sure. Okay, Harry, I got a couple soccer bets I want to throw your cool, way. Cool. Um, yeah, so I don't have a, a three-team parlay that I absolutely love this week, but I do have a two-team parlay that I like quite a bit. I like Leeds at home on the money line versus Burnmouth, minus 130, and Chelsea on the tie-no bet or, or the pick'em line, so if, which is minus 124, a plus 224 uh, <clears throat> parlay. Um, I also... I kind of like a little bit of little bit of action. 
on Crystal Palace on the money line, plus 310 at West Ham. They're not usually as good on the road, but that's there's good value there. And then I'm going to throw one more game at people. Uh, my dad's old club in the FA Cup, Torquay, uh, Torquay United playing uh, Derby County, and they are plus uh, they're plus a thousand twenty seven, right? So hundred bucks plays over a grand. Uh, Torquay United against Derby County in the FA Cup. The game is on ESPN Plus too uh, on on Sunday at like it might be at noon or eleven a.m. One of those two, but it, you can actually watch the game. It pays out tremendously, and and Derby County, which which went which fell down from the championship into uh, League One because of all sorts of uh, all sorts of shit this year, is, is is only seventh. They're not like a dominant team. This is the biggest game uh, Torquay's going to see in a, in, a, in a long time. It's a huge deal at that stadium. Give me Torquay uh, plus a thousand. And uh, I wish I could be there. If I could skip this Illinois game and fly to England, I would. Uh, Jason, you got anything you really like this week? <laughs> I'm sorry, what are we talking about? <laughs> Jay, we got Jay. Just for the sake of what Graham just said, we got to throw twenty bucks on Turkey. What's that mean? <laughs> I, I don't a, know. Turkey United. Know. It's like it's like a fifth division team that's in the FA Cup. Everybody gets a chance. All oh. the European clubs, like the Premier League teams, play the bottom level teams, and and this is like a, a middle round game of that event. And uh, it, it's a, a big club going to a little club. Hmm. Uh, you can be like three thousand fans there on the uh, at the in the English Riviera in Torquay, which is a beautiful town. Uh, you know, Dad grew up there, grandparents from there. You, you got wow. it. It's so much going, so much going for it. I'm telling you, it's 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 the play of the week plus a thousand on Torquay uh, in the FA Cup this week against Derby How County. How do you spell that? How do you spell that? Let yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's, it's T O R Q U A Y. T O R T O R Q U A Y Q Q U A Y yeah against Derby County. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That is that is. I got a four teamer for you guys, real quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Money line parlay, real quick in the NFL. Last week for Jay, I'm Sharp Tank. I hit my four team, which we do on Fridays on extra points. Four team money line parlay paid two hundred one. How about this one, real quick? Plus one seventy eight four team parlay. Already mentioned the Bills to beat the Jets on the money line. That's it. Going to take the Eagles on Thursday, minus 800 against Houston. Everything is great in Philadelphia, right? The Phillies, the Eagles are undefeated. Hurts to A.J. Brown, three touchdowns last week. They don't lose to Houston. We're going to take the Vikings. My Vikings, we mentioned them already. Minus 190 against Washington, 6-1 and one here. Hawkinson's going to help out. Takes a lot of pressure off J.J. Uh, and Cousins, they get it done against Washington. And how about this? The Pats, minus 250 against the Colts. Colts are a disaster right now. 17th versus the Rush. What does the what do the Patriots do? They run the ball. Give me the Patriots, Bills, Vikings, and Eagles at plus one seventy eight. I love How's it. That? Oh, I love it. Well, I'm on it now because if I don't, I'll regret it if it hits. So I have to play it. That's sort of the way it works. Cash in my head. and tickets. I like it. Yep, cash and tickets. Harry, you are a beautiful man. I hope you feel better. Uh, we can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, guys. See you, pal. That is the great Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, Best Bet Corner, ExtraPoints.com. Fun show, man. Yeah, man. Uh, we appreciate Jeremy uh, joining us as well, and I uh, uh, hope that was educational on who the Illini are. Uh, we appreciate Skyment, and uh, for any day of the week, any football weekend, Skyment, go to skyment.com for location information and specials. Thanks to Hopcat as well. Uh, remember, the Final Four is not on the schedule. If you're looking for a hoops podcast that talks Michigan State basketball, these guys are good. Uh, more in-depth conversation. I think you'll absolutely 
Uh, enjoy it. And, of course, thanks to Front 43 and Cask and Company. Um, great place to watch the game this weekend. Um, good show, man. We'll do this again, what, tomorrow night, Twitter questions? Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, man. Catching the roof.